It is tippy tap, maybe 40. Two. We are copping a feel. It's going to be real good. We're going to get right up in there into this detective's under things. Yeah, what? because, I mean, what? how many more accolades do we have to add to our list, Griff? We're entrepreneurs. We're award-winning podcasters. We're sex gods. We're- uh, we just uh, finished recording, of course, the Scalibur, so now we are, of course, historians and fantasians. Right, journalists. Well, we've always been the leading independent journalist. And now we're uh, mind hunters. Mind we're actually, hunters. yes, we're, this is our award-winning series, Cop in a Field. Oh, right. Where we delve into the mind of our sick, tortured, regular guests. That's right. This is, uh, it was a huge success, part one. Who knew so many people love Murder, She Wrote? Yeah, I, it's incredible. Who knew how troubled Aubrey is? I, I feel bad for her. I, I do really feel bad for her. Because we watched it, we thought it was a sweet, innocent show. And then the next thing you know, Abra's talking to us pre-show. And we're learning how she's seeing the show. And it's like, oh my god, this is more than meets the eye. So, since we love Aubrey so much, I go, I gotta, we gotta get a sicker guest to kind of balance this is it true. out. Yeah. So, I, I got on the horn, the internet horn. The internet horn. And I called up our old buddy and the reigning Ch- uh, Rutger Hauer Month champion, Mr. Joe Corey. Why, thank you. I'm here. That was an impressive. Uh, you had tough competition in the Rutger Month, and you knocked it out. It's of always neck and neck. I love it. Yeah, when we have it. That's great. You know, I, you, I get. The, you can't beat the Hitcher. I mean, the Hitcher is, uh, you know, let's just say one of the most twisted, messed up Rutger Hauer movies. Yeah, where he's just brilliant in every moment that he appears. Think of how I'm sorry, I'm already derailing us. Think of how simple that movie was. Yeah, it's one road. It's like three pit stops, and it's just Rucker Howard being a weird dude. Hollywood can't even think of an idea like that right now. Well, it doesn't have legs. We need franchises. We, we, we need... talked about that in the the episode you're going to hear on Wednesday yes. that we recorded earlier. Yeah, franchises can't stop complaining about this. Uh, it's bullshit. It's bullshit. Isn't it bullshit, Joe? It, it, well, I mean, they're, yeah. They, I, it's good to have a film that just burns so bright and doesn't have to worry about, and how are we going to make a sequel and make a theme park ride about it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sick of that shit. And I'm glad, as far as I know, Canon does not have any themed rides based on it. Not yet. Not yet. I, I think they have a couple buffets based on it. They should have. <laughs> There should have been Frank Cannon's deluxe buffet, you know, spread. Maybe maybe it'll be coming someday soon. Maybe. Well, you know, Griff, I've always said that you can tell a lot about a man or a woman. I'm not being sexist. About what TV crime solver will say. Because it doesn't have to be a cop. It just right. has to be mystery solver, crime solver, who they most relate to. Right. Because, of course, uh, Murder, she wrote. She she was a art author and apparently Q-level... Uh, alien. Right. So the uh, private eye, he's not, a, he's not a cop. I learned that. The private eye that Joe came up with was Frank Cannon, played by William Conrad. What is it about Cannon that moves you so much, Joe? I like that. Well, he is a cop. He's a former cop. Yes, he XLA, is. He's XLAPD. So he's kind of like, you know, like the new Bosch series, if you're, if you're watching Bosch out there. Um, but you know, and and he's a loner. Of course. I mean, naturally. He he seems to, he exists completely off the grid. He doesn't have a handler. He doesn't have a secretary. 
he, you know, it's him. And uh, what type of car does he drive again? Let me double check this again because I think it is a Lincoln Continental Mark IV in this season. Hmm. Two doors, two doors. Because you know what? No kids in the back. You know, it's a he's a single man cruising around looking he's for the good. his clients. Yeah. I think insurance but, goes up when you get the two extra doors too. So you got to keep that insurance low. Especially if you're, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're freely, you're a 1099 guy like yeah, Cannon. Think you know, this is a very smart show. Do you, you know, ever get like, any? Do you ever get any personal shit with Cannon? Do we ever go to his house ever, or is it just the? Kid? Oh yeah, okay. oh yeah. He's got an apartment. He's got an apartment with a. I know you're. Gonna find wait, 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 wait. A large He's charging kitchen. guys two thousand dollars a week on a case, which would be like ten grand in today's money, and he's living in a fucking apartment. Well, it could Come be on. a condo. I, you know, I don't. I, they don't get the ins and outs of it. But, I mean, one time the place blew up. I believe there was an episode where you know, somebody took it out on his apartment. Which you know, I'm guessing the tenant association might not have been happy. Right. I wonder yeah. if that was an insurance scam and he was in on it to get a bigger place. Cannon would never do that. He Can't. fights crime. He oh yeah, he's a straight shooter. He is. I Although I wonder, he charges two thousand dollars or whatever. And and on the other hand, you look at Rockford, and he's always getting screw jobbed. But yet, Rockford's got the place by the beach. I don't get it. Hmm. I think Cannon is a better accountant. Did Rockford live in a house on the beach, or was it like a trailer? Like Martin he, a, he, he he actually has a trailer. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and it's in, yeah. yeah, it's in it, it's uh, it's like right in front of this, and it's an actual place out in uh, I, I think out Malibu or wherever. Uh, near a restaurant, and uh, the claim to fame is that behind the restaurant, up a hill, is an actual trailer park where supposedly Pam Anderson once lived with Kid Rock when they were trying to look authentic. You know, oh Jesus! Bring, bringing out Michigan's most famous uh, resident of the suburbs, That's Kid right. Rock. Now, Murray's a cop, Kojak. He found at the ripe age of. Like 1819. 1819. Yeah. I wish he was there earlier. But, yeah, you know, me too. Right, exactly. would be so much better. I found my Columbo at the ripe age of like 26 or something, right when I needed that father figure in my life. Right. Uh, so, Joe, where did you, when did, uh, when did Frank Cannon come into your life and teach you the ways of, you know, a cop who does it, does it his own way? Or a detective, private eye. Detective, private eye. Yeah, it, it, uh, I think I was in fourth grade when this episode aired. And I already knew the show because it would give more backstory here. Um, we had just, I, when this episode aired, we had just moved back to America from living in West Germany for five years, back when it was West Germany. Uh, dad was in the, dad was in the Corps of Engineers. So we were, you know, bouncing around uh, West Germany for a while. And I think Cannon aired on Armed Forces TV towards the end of our stay there. Because oh, it wasn't okay. like, because it wasn't like a new character to me. Like the six million dollar man, huh. and uh, that was kind of the weird part when when we left Germany in the spring of 1975, they aired the first six million dollar man movie, <laughs> and and so we show up in America, and the next thing you know, I find out, wait, what do you mean he's been on TV for like two years already? What the hell, you know? Like, I mean, we were cheated. Right? Was it kind of cool? Was it like just like a overwhelming sensation of coming back? And there's all all your peers are talking about these things that you needed to go watch or was it just overwhelming it it it, it was well it was it was it was weird because you gotta remember i mean it was back before vcrs right mm. be 1975 no vcrs no dvrs uh you know pretty much your 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 two things that you found out about a show was either a lunchbox 
or uh, a novelization <laughs> at the Scholastic Book Sale. Yeah. Um, and they did, you know, the book sale at the library. But, you know, we, you know, everything came out when we showed up. It was like there was SWAT, there was Starsky and Hutch, uh, Beretta. Uh, you know, and, and, and it was like so much cause the armed forces TV only had one channel at that time huh. and it, and it went off the air at like, I, I want to say it went off the air, like at 11 o'clock or night, you know, they didn't, they, they just, you know, and they would run a movie and they, you know, they grab a couple of the new shows that were showing in America. But okay. a lot of times the show wasn't, as I said, like the $6 million man, it took a couple of years before they would pick it up and start running it over there. Yeah, and so it was it was kind of frustrating in that sense. And, and although my cousin, my cousin Bill, who uh, was in the military and stuff, he was telling me, yeah, now now they do it all with satellites, so it's almost like you're just watching cable at home, flipping through the channels. Right. That's what I was gonna say. I'm kind of surprised the channel didn't run 24 hours, just because I imagine they're just getting tapes and everything. I can't imagine they're broadcasting that all the way across. All I can say is we thank troops got to go to bed. Service. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, well, that's that's my dad's service. I. Well, no, just, you 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 had to suffer by seeing I Six had, Million Dollar Man two years after it came out. <laughs> You're know, like, hey I, guys, you ever heard of Six? It's like, asshole. We know Six Million Dollar Man. Yeah, you want to see all the here. toys? You know, like, oh, oh yeah, really? That had to be awful too. There's toys. Oh. What? Ah, uh, you know, I mean, it was and, and and Saturday morning cartoon. Look, this is the weird thought. Okay, because we would go, uh, you know, the new school year would start up, and you'd go to the PX where they would have the display of all the new lunch boxes, which had all the new shows, which we weren't getting. <laughs> and so you just stare at these animated shows on these, these lunch boxes going, what the hell is this NGI private eye? You know, what is this? What is the, you know, <laughs> all these shows we weren't getting. I don't even think we got Scooby-Doo when I was there. I, I might be wrong, but you know, because once again, one channel and, uh, you know, they were running, hell, they were running uh, Crusader rabbit cartoons when I was a kid over there. I was like, I come back and I'm like, how old was that cartoon? It was like 20 years old or something, you know. It's like, geez. And, and, and remember, it was also that Armed Forces TV in Germany, it broadcast only in black and white. So we would get to watch color. Some some American shows were broadcast on the German TV so you could watch it in color at your friend's house. But my parents, all we had was a black and white set because why pay for color? We can't get our shows in it. Right. So, you know. <laughs> suffered that was some suffering over there all right you know plus i got to hang out with as it turns out pre people who are probably real live nazis oh that was fun. one of the <laughs> yeah one of the nicest things dad told me one time was uh under no circumstances do you ask any of these people what they did during the war you know because you know, <laughs> don't get them, don't get them nostalgic you know <laughs> it's like all right from nazis back to canon i have canon question maybe murray yeah. does too we noticed we won't get into too fine of details here we'll we'll get to that at the end but does canon always have a really half-cooked scheme to like solve the problem that just foils in a second is that like a ongoing thing or is that just this episode it happens a lot you know <laughs> they 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 don't you know it's he's not an intricate detective that way he's a gut guy as you can tell just because of the fact that he's got a massive gut so uh, <laughs> yes. he will he 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 seems to like to put himself in a little bit of danger to bring out the real killer kind of deal right okay and, and, and other people yeah my favorite episode uh, by the way early early on in the year 
uh, early on in the the, the five year run because it ran it ran for five years. Let me let me get that detail out. It ran for five years from I want to say uh, 1971 to 1976. 122 episodes. But early on, there was one episode where he ends up having to belly buck a guy who's attacking him. Just hits him straight out with the gut. Wow. Did he turn then, or just go straight into him with it? Straight like into him and up, like, you know, like a bad pro wrestler from yeah, Haystack yeah. Calhoun kind of thing. <laughs> so, you know, it was, it was a, it was, it's a great moment. That and also my favorite moment when Cannon decides he's going to wear the scuba suit. Oh, jeez. That had to be a good look for him. He looks like he looks like an inverse Michelin man. It's so good. You know? <laughs> <laughs> remember, remember, Ice, remember Ice Cube in that Triple X movie he did where he had him in a scuba suit climbing up the battleship tanker or whatever. And it kind of looked like that. You know, I kinda... remember that was a movie. I did not watch that movie. <laughs> oh, don't watch it. I just told you the best part of the film. So yeah, you, Ice... you can just ignore the rest. Ice Cube Ice... was never cool to me. Ice Cube taking over for Vin Diesel. So it was it Triple X State of the Union? Oh, I that used to be a demo DVD that when I was installing TVs, uh, we would put that on, and so I got to see that first scene a thousand times. And I got to wow. tell you, we're never going to touch that movie because I, I hate everything about it. I, I had I had a job at a, a video store back in the early mid mid 90s at a, a video store and the owner of the store whenever they would have a sell through disc like snow white or the worst the live action flintstones oof he would make us watch that thing and rewind it and keep it playing our entire shift yeah 8 hours of flintstones and i'm telling you right now if i ever meet steven spielrock i am going to headbutt his ass that's all <laughs> i'm telling you it's like that man put me through so much suffering in my lifetime. He will never understand how much suffering, you know. And yeah, it's like Schindler's List, except on his videotape. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any uh, candy questions, Murray? I want to know what is the significance of this episode. You purposely picked this episode. What is it? Well, this this is this goes back to us just coming back from West Germany, and and we were stationed. Dad got stationed at uh, Fort Bragg in the Engineer Corps down there, and we were li- so we're living off base in Fayetteville. It was our and this episode aired. Uh, let me double check the date here. Da-da. I actually have notes. Um, it, it aired November twenty sixth, nineteen seventy five, which was the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, our first Thanksgiving back in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, I remember and. And it airs. It aired at that time at nine o'clock on Wednesdays, and I uh, I just have fond memories of Cannon being on while my parents were uh, baking the cakes or not baking the cake, baking pies for okay. Thanksgiving dinner. They would they did do uh, apple mincemeat. I'm I'm not sure what the deal with mincemeat is, um, and uh, sweet potato and pumpkin, hmm. and uh, that you know. And I remember hearing the Cannon theme and smelling the pies. <laughs> and um and oddly enough year, years ago uh cbs put the dvds out started putting the dvds out and all i remember was, and, and i've made it a tradition since then that on the wednesday before thanksgiving even if i'm not making pies at the house that evening when everyone's gone to bed i'll put on a canon episode and sit back and enjoy william conrad my thanksgiving buddy 
That is beautiful. Yeah, I was hoping for something traumatic, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, you did have to eat a mince meat. That was the uh, Thanksgiving mom killed herself, you know, something like no. that. But it's just like uh, that Thanksgiving mom joined a sex cult. A bizarre, no. sex, a bizarre cult. sex cult. This car, well, others will tell us later. I joined a bizarre sex cult, but that's different. <laughs> <laughs> Carl Weathers introduced you to it. It was the Audis, although no, no, not Carl. It was a uh, you know, it's like. It was Andy Dick. Okay, it was Andy. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm kidding. There would be no way I'd do. Although I used to talk with Andy, but yeah, no. Before he completely freaked out. Don't go near Andy Dick, anyone. Okay, please. I think Stay away from trouble. the dick. Yeah, he's he, in trouble now, so I don't he, think anyone's getting too. Don't close. touch that dick. Don't. That, a, that should be a series. He's a dick. Can, can remember remember that tag show they had a couple years ago? No, tag they, show. Pro tag, pro tag. It was on TV. They they should just have one pro avoid Andy Dick. You yeah. know, just I'm, just escape Andy Dick's clutches. My mind's reeling that we had a tag. That's how fucking bankrupt. Well, we, we had are. that movie, so of course we had a franchise. In I didn't even know we had a movie. Show. We had a movie about tag. It was it, it was those football brothers. Uh, but, what do you call JJ not... Watts and TJ uh, Watts and uh, uh, and their brother Eddie Watts or something? I don't know what his name was, but yeah, you are Watts. I mean, if yeah. we're gonna do football talk, you did hear that Arch Manning signed with uh, Texas. I, I I you know what he signed he signed for now. It's, yeah. it's college football now. That portal pops open every minute. The portal pops open, and teams can pay players now. Heck yeah! So fun. When I was at NC State, okay, here, here's your here's your how you pay your players story. When I was at NC State, one of my one of the guys on my hall used to be a wide receiver for the Wolfpack, and uh, he would tell us that this thing. He it was called sneaker money. So after the game, when you're in the shower, Uh-oh. alumni alumni would drop into the locker room and leave hundred dollar bills in players' shoes. <laughs> It was, it was like the elves. It was like the elves and the shoemaker kind of thing, except the elves would just drop hundreds in your shoes. So if you had a good game, you know, you were doing good for the week. Yeah. Okay. But now, of course, now, of course, they do this whole name image likeness thing. And, you know, I don't know if these kids are still getting all that good under the table money anymore. I think they're still getting it under the table, but now they're supposed to be able to get it above the table in some places. Now, now they have to do math and taxes, right? You know, that's not good for kids. Those, those kids don't need to be doing math. Maybe they'll learn a little bit of a lesson about taxes earlier in their career, and they'll yeah. save themselves some trouble later on. It probably will, but yeah. More likely that's... they'll fuck up their pro career by not paying taxes as a college player. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll end up like Willie Nelson. <laughs> but as we mentioned... One man that we're speaking about today always yeah. pays his 1099 form. Pays his 1099, fills his 1099 form. And that is Frank Cannon, of course. We're not sure about that. I don't know. We're sure about that. He's got an apartment. We talked about it. It's modest. He, he didn't go to prison. like you know He didn't go to prison, so you know he's got to be paying his stuff. That's right. He wouldn't survive prison. He's got nice scones and probably a nipple light or two. <laughs> a w- I'm just imagining the apartment he lives in. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's all. It's it's like a it's it's a classic nineteen seventies uh, bachelor kind of place. Yeah, is there Papa. a conversation circle in it? There, there's not a conversation pit, but I, I if I remember right, there were those those uh, what, what, kind of the metal shield things that you put on the walls. And I think he did have a suit of armor. He might have or something. You know, one of those bachelor suit of armors. Great and a lot tie-in. of carpeting. And and I believe he had the kind of that weird red color in his kitchen, but I could be wrong on that. It yeah. could be avocado. You know, you got choice back then. What color was the shag carpet? 
I, it was probably, I think it, it was probably a brownish shag, if I remember. I had, until I was 18, Cookie Monster Blue shag carpet. I remember that carpet. It's gone? Oh, it's been gone a long time. It's, it's been gone longer. I thought I saw your room with... No, uh... no, no it, I didn't have it then. Oh, okay. But yeah, it was Cookie Monster Blue shag carpet. It came with the house. <laughs> it's awful. Shag carpeting's awful. Look at, look at what Cannon has led us to. We were talking yeah. about his apartment. Next thing you know, we're talking about your Cookie Monster shag carpeting. See, I have this bluish blanket that I stole from somewhere. I don't know, some party and that I've kept with for you know quite some time. And someone did refer to it as a Muppet pelt. I was like, did, did the Muppet scream when you skinned it? Yeah. Of course they do. Of course they do. They're yeah. alive after all. They they oh. are what oh god, I was gonna tell you the Grover story. The Grover. Can I tell you the Grover story? I worked no. on this commercial for Gro with Grover. What's he like off camera? Yeah, he what's he like? Is it, yeah. He's, he's, he's kinda of flat. I'll say he's kinda of flat and he rolls up and tucks himself. But it was so funny because okay, the guy, you know, kids don't listen. This isn't true. Anyway, the guy kids doing are listening to this, so kids, yeah. small children, ears. small children. You know, because you know they they probably have to play this now in schools because they can't do any of that CRT stuff. So yeah. you know, canon episodes. But anyway, so we're doing this. It, basically, the guy doing uh, Grover needed to do. He was coming to town to do something at the local museum, but he needed to shoot this little thank you video because Grover had been picked as the uh, special toy for Macy's that Christmas. As part of the, the parade and stuff, he was being in the parade, and so he was. He was. He came in, and we're shooting it at this video place I was working at. You know, this little piece where Grover was going to thank the people, and and I was behind the camera, and I realized at one moment when Grover's doing his lines that I have locked my eyes with the Muppet's eyes, <laughs> and I immediately look away, like, oh god, I don't want to distract the Muppet. You know, I was like, it felt so real at that moment, and then about a minute later, like. It's a fucking ping pong ball with some black painted on it. What the hell? <laughs> it's like, oh, Grover. That's the magic of the Muppets. That is. Eric, Eric, jo Eric Jacobson was the name of the guy who was doing Grover. It wasn't Frank Oz. Oh, fuck. But, he cares, then. Yeah, but it, was, but it was so funny. It was, you know, I got, but I got to pet him, and, you know, it was, I got to touch Muppet fur. There's not it's... a lot of celebrities you get to meet and say, I got to pet him. I've had yeah, well, Daniel uh, Daniel Tiger from uh, Mr. Rogers, I got to pet him too. Oh yeah, yeah, and well, of look course at this people... guy just name dropping all these puppets he got to fondle. Yeah, I want. We once once I tried to talk my boss once into buying uh, Howdy Doody when he was for sale. <laughs> I was like, "How many celebrities do you know you can own Lock, Stock, and Barrel?" You know, besides besides of course Ed Asner. You know, <laughs> it's like. Make a bit too on soon. Ed too, too soon. soon. Oh, I love Ed. Not, yeah. nah, I'm not worried about him. What I am worried about? We got teen cults running around. Yeah, straight out of the Manson family. We got these crazy, kooky, hippie kids. They're, Griff, you think Russian roulette's bad? How about Russian William Tell roulette? You know what this gave me the vibe of immediately? What? Good mechanic. As if the girl survived and started a cult based on the near-death experience oh, she had. Suicidal girl. Yeah. That's a uh, that's an episode you guys need to go listen to. Yeah, I wanted to plug it. I yeah. worked at it in there. So. Not enough people listen to that. Exactly. Uh, yeah, it's, we 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 get these crazy kids. 
hey, do you, Joe, do you know the guy with the beard? Because I recognize him from something, too. I, I don't know what he was on. Um, no, I can, I can figure that out, the beard guy. But we do get a I, I daughter was, from A's Enough. Yes. Yeah, he was um, wait, wait, uh, do, 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 Lee, Lee, per, uh, Lee Purcell. Lee Purcell. She was a Bradford kid. Oh, okay. She was the woman. Eight is enough to fill yeah. our lives with love. Oh, that was, it was the song. And then, so, so she went from one cult to another cult. Was it? The wasn't Van there Patten eight people? What is it about too? you and Van Patten's? I, you know, it, it all comes back to Van Patten's in that town. They control the place. Oh, hmm. All right, they're playing. They're they're kooky, crazy hippie kids. So yep. as, as they do, they're high on the the goofballs, jazz cigarettes, jazz cigarettes. Yeah, they're playing. I think. We're think go I ahead. think the house was full of nitrous. Nitrous. Okay. They were doing whippets. It was crazy. These yeah. kids are nuts because they're rich kids. They can do whatever they want. They're above the law. Yeah, they had a conversation pit. They did. Yeah, rich kids have conversations. So um, they pull out the gun, they spin it, it lands on whatever Billy. Yeah, and I'm thinking, oh, they're just gonna play good old fashioned rush. No, like America, all good Americans, we put a new spin. No pun intended. Yeah, we spin on Russian roulette. It's called Freedom Roulette now. It's called Freedom Roulette. Yeah. yeah. They the person who who gets hit, picked. They don't get to shoot the gun. They get to blindfold. They do. They get to do a William Tell. They blindfold yep. themselves and they stand. They put an apple on their head. Yep. And then one of the other goofballs gets to shoot at them. They pull the trigger. Say, "I'm standing my ground," right. and pull the trigger because then it doesn't matter if they kill their friend. They're absolved of all sins because they said, "I'm standing my ground." Right. And then so a couple of guys shoot off, and then it's they don't hit the bullet. But good old ladies enough, daughter. She's got the magic bullet, but she's she's a woman, so she can't shoot straight. So he just shoots like above his head. It's a heavy gun. Yeah, it's heavy. She's got really weak wrists. Yeah, and you saw this as a kid, and you were just like, "Yeah, that's pretty cool." Yeah, you know, I, it's a, yeah, it's what all the kids were doing too, right then. You know, yeah, shooting shooting guns, and you know, and the thing is, they they you know, she she takes a chunk out of the uh, out of the little post there. So you know, that's got to get replaced before they sell that house. Well, they're, Mattingly, they're rich people. They do whatever the fuck. Mattingly they want. will fix that. We don't even yeah. know if it's their house. They could have just busted into a house. Yeah, maybe they did. Maybe there's fucking highfalutin squatters. Yeah, well, yeah, these are highfalutin Manson kids because hey, maybe one of them's a, one of them could be a realtor, and you know, oh. using the lockbox trick. That is a good point. I actually thought for a minute they actually were a family, but it turns out they're not. They just hang out with this rich guy named Paul. Okay, who's like. 40 and he's hanging out with like teenagers he looks pretty cool right. to me <laughs> what is toupee hawk from buck <laughs> rogers it was, it's it, yeah it was christopher uh what, what's his name uh yeah, i can't remember christopher leonard or something but yeah he's he was hawk on buck rogers and i mean i loved his coat man he had a great and and did you see the oil painting of him oh, in yeah, that room oh, beautiful yeah. i wonder if he took that home i would have i would have been like uh i'll just work for that painting that's fucking beautiful. And so we get al- we get illusions of sacrificing and cer- ceremonies. Like these are some sick fucking kids, man. They're all about Satanism and and Charles Manson and right. And they're of course they have no patience because they're talking about. I'm going into my Tuckle Carlson voice here. Kids these days they have no patience, and they're talking about how they need Paul to come back so they can sacrifice somebody. Yeah, well, Paul's busy getting his balls tanned, so... 
He well, doesn't have time for these kids. Murray, we understand that that's where men get testosterone from. The sun. That's where I get more of mine. That's why, why do you think? I, we, why do you think Joe Coleman's got the greatest tan of all? Exactly. Sunday's yeah. on his roof. So yeah, these kids are crazy. They're kooky, and they are wanting to kill. So they all jump on their little choppers and they take off. Got to go find some fun. Now we cut to a bar. We see our man, our hero of this episode, Dean Stockwell. This episode is called The Hero? The Hero. The Hero. Not my hero, The Hero. Yeah. A Quinn Martin production. (laughs) And Dean Stockwell, he's sloshed. He's got a drinking problem because he's not a man. He's not a real man. He's never killed a man in his life. Wait, what has this guy been in? He looked familiar. He's been in a ton of shit. He's in Blue Velvet. He was in, he was in Blue Quantum Velvet. Leap. He's a guy who sings the fucking Roy Orbison song. He is. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. He's got a very familiar face. Okay. He's been on. I think we've done movies with him. Yeah. And he's uh, he's just he's he's slash, but he's he's okay. He's keeping it together. He is one of the few rich kids who feels guilt about his rich. Uh, you know, he recognizes that he's privileged, and he he's suddenly feeling guilt about we use, it. We uh, kid loosely because he's probably 35 right in this scene. But. He's, he's up there. Yeah. yeah. He's married. He did, he, Go ahead. He he didn't need to get carded in that dark, musty little bar. No. Well, it was, it was the Regal the, Beagle. Come on. It was right? the 70s anyway. Did you guys even card in the 70s? You no. Be, you could be I, 18 I, and drink back then. When I when I, I I remember somebody telling me at Texas A and M back in the seventies, they had beer machines in the dorms, like Coke yes. machines. Yeah, that sounds right. Well, there you could drink at eighteen, so why not? Yeah, know? yeah. I Nobody thought, cared. I thought the rule is as soon as you can place your butt cheeks on the on the bar uh, counter, you could drink. And that was it, the bartender's way of seeing lots of butts. It 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 was close. Back in those glory days. Tom's cool, but Paul's a dick. And why is he a dick? Because he's slapping the shit out of a woman right out front of everybody. You could do that. It was the 70s. You could hit a woman. Right. And But Tom doesn't like that. Because he feels, he, he's like, I wish I had the balls to slap a woman in public. Right. I'm a weaselly little scrawny Back nerd. in those days when they believed in individual rights, if that woman wanted to get away, she would. She wants it. That's what everybody was murmuring under their breath. If she wanted to get away, she would. Right. That's all it is. Back when they had individual rights like Roe versus Wade. Get a little topical on That's, this. This is right around the time that it went into effect. Yeah, yeah. It, it was, yeah. Very yeah. topical. I listened to way too much information about that, and I was surprised to learn that Nixon appointed three judges, and his judges went against them to uh, put yeah. Roe v. Wade in. People were normal yes. back then. Yeah, that was yeah. the only kind of time that bipartisan actually existed. So... He goes, hey, he's like, look, man, I think you should leave this young lady alone. She clearly does not want to have rough sex with you. And he's like, I'll decide who has rough sex with me or not. And he pulls out a fucking <laughs> dagger. I thought this is why you have this, like, Joe, why you have this relation to this episode and Thanksgiving. Because I thought maybe this is the knife he would use to cut the turkey with. This Dark knife is area. ridiculous. Oh yeah, no, it's it's a good, and you know what? The knife is in the portrait. I didn't notice that. He's very <laughs> yeah. proud of his knife. Is he <laughs> so holding it? Is he? Yeah, he's holding it. it. He's brandishing. He's holding his knife while wearing that kind of leisure suit jacket in the portrait. Oh, that's so good. Wow. That is such a good portrait. And he's uh, like, "Come on, you want to? You think you're a hero?" And fucking Paul, this bitch Tom bitches out, right? 
pretty much. He's like, I don't want any trouble, mister. I didn't know you carried a dagger. So he hops in his car and leaves. But Paul's not done with this guy. He hops in his car, runs him off the road. Yeah. He totally emasculated Tom in the bar. That wasn't enough. He's got like, I'm going to murder you now. Right. So you he know. saw, we, we were building up this whole case. And so we yeah. saw Tom confront Paul. There was a quote unquote heated situation there a that death everybody, was thrown out, yeah. yeah, everybody else saw it in the bar. So there's going to be a report on that. And now he's getting run off the road and Paul's confronting him again. You want to mm-hmm. be a, you want to be a hero? They're in a rail yard for some reason. Oh, no, no, it, this is, here, I, I did the background on this. It's Travel Town Station, which is now known as the Travel Town Museum in the L.A. area. And it's been open since 1952 near Burbank, and it's been featured in hundreds of movies and TV shows, including Columbo, The Monkees, and, for Dean Stockwell, Quantum I know. Leap. Was that where the last train to Clarksville was at? I think that's where they shot that uh, that those segments from. Yeah, I know exactly the Columbo episode. Liam Neeson was in it. Liam Neeson was in it. Yeah, he's wow. uh, the detective guy, right? The the funny guy. What? Wait, Liam Neeson? No, Leslie Nielsen. Yeah, we just talked about Liam Neeson a few hours ago. And I confused Liam Neeson for Leslie Nielsen. Totally the same. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. God Uh, damn it. I just mean their names are. Never mind. Anyway, they're in a rail yard. Tom's hiding in like a caboose. And then he just starts like, I don't know, I guess the roofie somebody put in his drink kick in. He just passes out. He's just. Yeah, I mean, you know what? I, I noticed at the bar. Happy hour drinks were seventy five cents a pop. Whew! Well, and you know, man, those were good days. Yeah, Tom was pounding them, and I, I love how it's like nobody's worried that he's driving home. Like the bartender's like, "You need to go home." I not, I'm not like, "Let's get you a cab." You're totally fucked up, drunk. He's just like, oh, "Yeah, you need to go home." I oh. believe what I have heard is that in the seventies, you guys had the toss the keys test, and so you would hand the bartender your keys. And you would go out for a pass, and he would throw them to you. And if you could catch them, clearly you have all your motor skills. Well, in, in back in, I, when I did when I did that episode of Danger Health Films about drunk driving, um, we discovered that at least during the early '60s, you weren't legally drunk till you went over 2.0. For reference, what is it now? 0.7? It's 0. 0.8. 0.8. Yeah, 0.08. <laughs> so I mean, I mean it. Was, like, these people were so ham... I mean, it was like, you think you can have three or four beers before hitting the road. It's like, whoa! It's like, how did anyone live through that period yeah. of time? Happy hour. Oh. Didn't even have seatbelts. Yeah. yeah. No seatbelts, all that metal that was going to wrap around you, and, you know, 75-cent happy hour drinks that you can pound down for an hour and then hit the road and get home to, you know, throw play catch with the kids or, or join your sex cult in progress. <laughs> Bizarre sex, sex cult in progress. Bizarre. That is my progressive metal band. <laughs> <laughs> so Tom passes out. We cut to uh, these security guards on their shift or whatever, and they're bitching about. I didn't get overtime. I got to work the night shift. And they walk out, and they see that uh, Paul is laying there dead, and Tom has the fucking. It's like a cake carving knife in his hand. Yeah, the, it doesn't appear to have like a really sharp blade on it. It may have been off like a it may be the bayonet on a rifle or something because it's so long. It's got such a weird handle. Everything about it is weird. 
It, it uh, should be a Forged in Fire episode, though. Yeah. I think uh, Paul make make Paul's knife should be an episode. Ep. <laughs> oh, is that like a weapon making show? Oh, you've never seen Forged in Fire? Yes, Forged in Fire is on the History Channel. The, the The idea is they get these four people who are like you know backyard blacksmiths who make weapons at their house, you know, oh. and and they compete. First, they compete to see who can instantly make a knife at the uh, at the uh, studio space, and then they go and they each person has to build a knife. Normally, it's like some sort of you know dagger thing or something. Yeah, yeah. And then and then the two best people from the that go home get to go home and they get five days to build a special knife or sword or oh. halberd or, or or you know throwing stars, any good stuff like that. It's okay. uh, it's. But uh, yeah, yeah, I would love to see them. I have to build Paul's knife. Okay. Well, I've seen you know, Highlander three, so I know how to make a katana. It's true. Right? Yeah. There, there. You, you should go on the show. Do you I don't know. Well, if they got an old Scottish forge that I can work on, that's yeah. the only way I can do it. And find the woman oh. that Murray has been matched with for five hundred years. Oh, just think uh. of the sexual movements of that episode. <laughs> That'd be so fuckable. <laughs> Is the well? Let me ask you: Is the theme song fuckable? Is the music fuckable? Because I'm on Fire. Yeah, <laughs> yes. no, not really. Not really. Well, it's, then I'm it's not going. Of, okay, I can, <sighs> I can understand that. You know, so right. We, Fortune <laughs> Fire after dark. Uh, maybe they're waiting on. There we that. go. Yeah. We've set up our murder mystery now. Is, this is like Columbo too, isn't it? They do the same thing. They they have the the murder happen. Well, they, I prefer they, Kojak. No. Or just some shit just happens. You know? Columbo. No, see Columbo. They always tell you how it happened beforehand, and you got to figure out if Columbo's going to figure it out. Yes, and you see, yeah, you see how Columbo figures it out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this one it's trying to do like it's trying to do like this really like half ass like oh what happened here and you're in the fog the drunken fog and he was so he was so drunk he could drive a car but he may have murdered somebody so this is really interesting right. they're pointing yep. out that it is very dangerous to give somebody keys to a car because they they might be so drunk they can murder somebody and not remember but also hey maybe they this they may murder somebody who was a bad person so at the train station you know net plus it sounds like yeah, right so now we finally get to meet Cannon, about 10 minutes into the episode. And he yeah. has been hired by Tom's dad, General Tom. And they're just like, they're baffled by this case because uh, Tom refuses to say it was in self-defense. He's like, right. I don't know what happened. I was fucked up drunk. I was 2.0 drunk. Right. No seatbelts. Right. And no. the general's like worried about it. He's like, you know, because he's a rich guy, too. He's like, this might fuck my business up. You know what it reminds me of is our Murder, She Wrote episode. The general's a big name. He, he's a Fortune 500 company out there. He says, every June, I paint my logo to represent the rainbow flag for Pride Month. I am a great person. My son can't be a murderer. So I need you. I know my son says he's not going to talk to anybody. I need you to go over there. Talk to him, because this will look bad on me. Right. That was the theme of murder she wrote. Oh. And the now, kid now, was driving drunk. Yeah. The the guy playing the general, by the way, is, is Morgan uh Woodward, who uh he, he died in twenty nineteen, but he was in Star Trek, Cool Hand Luke, Logan's Run, and uh one of the greatest movies of all time, Supervan with Charles Bukowski. Supervan? Supervan. About an atomic van going to a van, you know, great convent gathering. 
And Bukowski himself was in it? What, what Charles, it? Charles Bukowski shows up for the wet t-shirt contest. <laughs> that sounds right. I got to see this. What year did that come out? Uh, I want to say it's like 76, 77. During, you know, during that time when there were like all those van movies coming out. Oh, okay. Van life. There, van life. Van life. There, there, you know, you had The Van with Danny DeVito. And fucking buddy the van. Van Nuys Boulevard, which stars stars a guy who now this this actor, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but now his job is to design uh, accessories for Tiger Woods' golf line. Interesting. Yeah. But so General's like, make him talk, Cannon. I gotta get my son out of jail. So Cannon shows up at the uh, the police station. He's, he talks to the DA. The DA's like, this guy, I want he's rich. I want to let him off. I don't even want to charge him with anything. But I have to because he refuses to say it was in self-defense. While that's going on, we see our little Manson family. Our little, uh, I forget what, the, what, the, what Paul's name was, but whatever. Roper? What? Well, oh, Paul's Ro- Rogan. It was Rogan. Rogan. Yeah, oh, I think he's Rogan. Joe Rogan's dad. Exactly. Yeah. They got the same hairline. <laughs> and so he's just like, yeah, this is, this is a, tends to chill up my spine, the Rogan family. Oh. Oh. So they're watching because they, 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 they know that they think that Tom did it. So like, we're going to get revenge. We're above the law. We can do whatever I want. So now Cannon goes into the cell that they're keeping Tom in, and he's just like, look, man, we'll, we'll get you out. We got the hookup. Yeah. Just tell me what happened. And he tells him the story, as unbelievable as it sounds, he tells him the real story, the real truth. And Cannon's like the only guy, he's like, this sounds too crazy to be real, it has to be. So Cannon's like, I believe you. Right. Well, Cannon has the ability to look in somebody's eyes with keeping his eyes closed the whole time. Like, did that... I think that was just because he was fat. They were like, <laughs> no, I, I, I yeah. will let Joe uh, and his fourth grade mind tell us. When you see uh, 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 Cannon try to talk to somebody, his eyes are completely closed. Are you just like this guy gets it? He's he's memorizing. You know, he's he's visualizing. He's visual because remember, then then Cannon goes through the math thing, where he tries to figure out yeah. how long he was passed out. You know, well, it took yeah. you this long to get to the train station, and this, and then they found your body. This. And it's you know it turns into you know it turns into an SAT level math question of figuring out well you had eight minutes <laughs> thank eight God minutes happened thank God it was in a train yard because we all know every <laughs> story problem involves trains going in yeah, so. you know, you're you're on a train and you stumble off because you're drunk and you wake up and uh, Paul's dead body and uh, you know his portrait isn't there you put five right. inches of the blade into his guts yep yeah and, and by the way we, we, I, I wanted to mention this, the DA and that mustache. The DA's mustache in the canon, where Cannon's talking to him, it looks like he just skipped out of barbershop sharp, uh, quartet practice. And uh, and the ties on this episode are particularly wide. Mm. That's the 70s, oh. man. You know, 70s. tight, tight, firm mustache, DA. I like it. It's a good look. So now, they, but since he is big news, because his dad's uh, like an airplane maker, I don't know what the fuck. He makes airplanes. I, I, I saw them in a hangar. Oh, yeah, God. I think they were they're an airplane manufacturer because they were spending okay. millions, millions to perfect their airplane. 
So oh. it's basically Howard Hughes and his soul. They yeah. were trying to figure out how to make people more uncomfortable. They were thinking about oh. actually turning the seats so you had to face people <laughs> while you're on an airplane. Oh, that would be, oh no. Would be, have yeah, you yeah. seen the new one? Have you seen the new one where they have it so that there's one seat and then another seat that like almost tucks in between it like a trundle bed? No. That somebody had designed. They were showing it off. They won awards for this. And all I kept doing, I'm staring at the picture of this seat. And all I keep thinking is, Cripes, the person above me can just fart straight in my face during this flight the entire time. Above you? Above you. Like, it's weird. It's like this weird little, yeah, and I'm sitting there just, oh, I'm just like, you know, you thought it was bad enough that you have the person who keeps kicking your damn seat the entire time, but now they're just going to be able to let gas straight at you, you know, just goosh you out of there. And they're going to take their shoes off. Oh. You'd have to look at their feet. Yeah, they're, uh, probably, they're probably wearing sandals to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's probably Tom's uh, Tom's idea for the plane. Tom makes bail, and so they're ushering him out, and we got all the press there because he's a big deal. He's Howard Hughes Jr. Right. Yeah. And they're like, "How does it feel to be a hero?" And we're like, "What?" Yeah. Even he's like, "What?" And then we cut to a commercial break. Cannon Act Two. I do this. like that. I do like that the show is like, hey boy, right. Act now, two. Quinn, that was one of the Quinn Martin things, man. He loved to do the Act two, One, Two, you know, yeah. Barnaby Jones. Uh, I, I can't remember he pulled down the, but uh, the Invaders. I believe the Invaders does the Acts Two. Okay, but so yeah, Cannon, he's following the train. He's going backwards, so he's like, okay, they start at the rail yard. I'm going to go to the bar that Tom was seeing, totally slushed, right. So he talks to the bartender, and the bartender's like, I don't want to get involved. I didn't see nothing. And he's like, well, how would uh, Alexander Hamilton jog your memory? Pulls out a $10 bill. Right. And he's like, well, maybe I saw something. Yeah. I saw, I saw a bar fly that hangs out with him all the time. I think, I think your name is Ellen. And then, so... He's like, and I, I, did he call a cab for her or something like that? That was his original story. So He's... hot chicks get a cab, get <laughs> right home when they're drunk, <laughs> but not Tom. Right. Because the barkeep didn't want to talk. The money was barely working. So Cannon actually had to shame him into it. He was like, it'd be a real shame if I tell people what kind of establishment you have around here. You don't even put your drinks on coasters. Oh. And he looks down at the bar and just full of rings. Oh when you have God. the lights on, you just see the bar, like the coaster rings everywhere. Horrible. It's like, this is disgusting, sir. And your peanuts? They're not peanuts. I thought you were going to say peanuts. Was no. no your peanuts. The peanuts aren't peanuts at all. Well, you know what I think? The, the bartender's jacket. The bartender's golden jacket. Century mm. 21. He just That's his day job. Oh. No, oh, no, no, no. He is. He works on for Monday Night Football. That oh, was, yeah, the, he was the, part of the OJ season. He's a Howard Cosell uh, double when they, you know. So, so he finds. So it works. The shaming works. Shame works, people. You need to shame people more often. And Cannon gets all the deeds of this Ellen woman. He, he got a cab, and he got the cab company, so he could find out her information. Cut back to Tom. Tom goes home to his wife. There's trouble in the marriage. She's playing We're tennis. Seeing... She probably just banged the tennis pro that was training her. The machine? The machine? 
She was yeah. she was training with a machine, Murray. Are you saying she's so fucking a void of love that she's fucking the tennis ball machine? Yes, it's exactly she's laying what out, I'm just saying. letting the balls pound in her open yes. badge. There, there's probably exactly there's probably saying. some film that was playing a cinder block theater which featured a scene like that. I wouldn't be surprised. That sounds like something that happens at Paul Rogan's place all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. So, yes, her vagina is being pummeled by (laughs) tennis balls. She's getting balled, if you will. Those machines have perfect accuracy. It makes sense. And and, and Tom's, she's cute. Tom's a loser. It's like, get your shit together. Got a hot wife. Come on. (laughs) But no. Well, that is, that was even something he seemed to, or no, she said that to him. She was like, Tom, you've got it all. You've got all the money. We've got a mansion. We have a tennis court. We have a fucking... None of it he earned. He got it from his dad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He didn't earn any of it. Yeah. So Tom is going through a whole crisis. He's of emasculated. Yeah. yeah, because everything he's doing is sucking at his father's teeth. His dad probably gave him his wife. He's like, I'm done with her. You can have my wife. My oh, shit. Wife. You think he Vince McMahon Leonidas him? Yes. Just she, she, might have, she might have also just come with the house. Exactly. She might have come with. The, she was. She the real did it well. Agent. After she, she came with the house, all right, with that tennis machine. She was. You the know, you got your choice. You got your choice: conversation pit or wife. Which one do you want? You know, like, <laughs> seafood platter, conversation pit, seafood platter. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. So yeah, he's just like, woman, I need a drink. Yeah, she's like, let's fix our marriage right now, and he's like, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and get the liquor. They keep a liquor bar. Every hundred feet on their on their grounds, because it's it's the middle of summer. These bottles are sweating profusely, and he's just like fucking sweet ass Jack Daniels. My God, mm. fresh ice cubes though. That was impressive. And then he he admits that you know what they're calling me a hero now for killing Paul Rogan. I kind of like that. I kind of like being a man for the first time in my life. Did Dana not say right here? That's the man I married. Yeah, the guy who murdered somebody. Yeah. That, you, know, you know, how do you think you become a man, Griff? You kill somebody. <laughs> that was so off-putting. Like, I didn't kill somebody. The press thinks I killed somebody. It felt good to be a hero. And she lashes onto it. And she's like, there's the man I married. Right. The one who's taking Every credit for something Every woman wants to believe do. her husband's capable of murder. Is she basically yeah. saying, just take your dad's money and be okay with it? Because I, I think like she my was, life. She was going to probably drive him down to the tattoo parlor and get that tear, you know, the tear tattoo on his face. Oh, okay. I thought you, you know, had a prison. She better not come well, with him, because we learned in Hawaiian Heat, if you come into a tattoo parlor, you have to get a tattoo. <laughs> and Murray has confirmed yeah. that. Yes, exactly. I, Got I, a lot I, of hair with it. I haven't been to a tattoo parlor where I didn't get a tattoo. I, they're not good to hang out with otherwise. True. Um, Murray talked up a lot about tattoos. Do you remember the first time you ran into somebody with a tattoo? And was it like, what the fuck? Um, probably. You were on a military base. You probably saw a lot of like, soldiers with tattoos, right? Nah, Little back Tasmanian then, devils. Back then, they, back then, they had they had big time rules against it. Oh, that's true. They, that, that was, you know, in the seven. Now they don't care. Now you can just, you know, you can look like, you know. You can be 100 pounds overweight and be in the fucking military. Look, look mm-hmm. like Axl Rose and you can be covered in tattoos. They don't care. Um, you know, you know what I remember most tattoo wise, though? Uh, the band, the band, uh, well, at the time he was in Corrosion and Conformity and the Ugly American. Simon Bob Sinister was the first guy I know who had lots of tattoos. 
I mean, he had he had everything from Donkey Kong to the uh, Tab logo. Uh, tab logo. And and then he had around his neck, around his neck, and actually, um, yeah, Simon Bob had these uh, these uh, spider webs tattooed around his neck. Oh, was, neck. Okay. What was funny was he started dating this 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 girl we knew. And he was going to go visit their parents. And I don't think her parents were into the tattoo thing. And it was around like July. And we see him and he is wearing a white, thick white shirt. And it is buttoned up on the sleeves and the neck to try to cover as much as possible. And we're just like, yeah, that's not going to fool anybody because you're sweating. It's 110 degrees here in the wonderful Raleigh, North Carolina. No, (laughs) no, you're not going to get away with that. So, uh. But yeah, he was the first person I knew, and 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 someone once told me that Fred Durst hung around here and was doing tattoos. But I heard thank- about that too. He was a tattoo thank- artist. He gave Corn some tattoos, and he gave him a demo, and that's how it all started. I thought he got wow. signed. No, he's the opposite. Is the opposite? Yeah, Korn I think we've done this before. Up. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, yeah, luckily I didn't. I I didn't get tattoos from him, but you know, I've I've got three tattoos, and and one of them is the. Uh, is the asshole that uh, Kurt Vonnegut drew in my book that he signed for me. So, you know. You mean puckering butthole. Yeah, puckering butthole. The asterisks. You know, you tell the kids it's an asterisk. You know, that's that's what they think. Kurt Vonnegut gave you an autograph with a butthole? Like, yeah. Well, this... Yeah, yeah, because it's from Breakfast of Champions. Assholes are the breakfast of the champions. <laughs> in, in the book, in the book, he's got a lot of drawings. In it. I, he, Vonnegut came to NC State when I was there, and I got to be his basically his student guide for the week or for the couple days he was here. And uh, so it was kind of strange, but yeah. Vonnegut was ahead of his time. He was like all into eating ass before everybody. <laughs> you thought, you yeah. thought it was your generation that came up with ass eating. Vonnegut. No, was no, no. Yeah. You know who was really into it? You know who was really into butt stuff? James Joyce. Of course. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Can't wait to get home to you and the yeah. butt stuff. You know, I I do hear that Slaughterhouse Five was inspired by the five buttholes he ate in one night. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Gold medal performance, right there. <laughs> it was a gold medal performance. He said they were it's, all disgusting. It, you know, you know what? Pacific Rim job. That's all I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> God damn! This is why people come to the show to learn about Kurt Vonnegut's butt exceptions. <laughs> wait, exceptions? He was an exceptional buddy. He was a good guy. He was a good guy. But there was no butts. That's good. That's good. That's good. I, I, I did once take a guy, to a certain celebrity, to a strip club when he came to visit the school, but that's a different story. My God. You're man for all the stars. Fred Durst. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, he doesn't have an NDA on that. He could tell that story. <laughs> I, I could tell I could tell who it is, but I'll wait for my next visit to tell that oh, story. Oh, wow. Right. Always teasing us. I hear that Fred, Fred Durst went for the Slaughterhouse Five and can only get through two. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We're watching something called Slaughter. Oh, there was a horror movie called Slaughterhouse. All I kept thinking was, man, they had to make three more of these before Vonnegut got into the script. <laughs> so, the teen cult, what are they up to? They're having a funeral for a friend, Paul. Paul. Yeah. At, at their house. Is it Paul's? Where the fuck are they? Is this Paul's house they all just hang out at? I think it's, it's Paul's be. house. Or at least it's yeah. some. You know what it probably is? Some One of the rich girls in the group, her father's. And you know, Paul, being the he was a cult kind of guy, got her to give it to him. 
It's like, yeah. here, we can support it. And and by the way, you need to do an oil painting of me in my jacket holding my happy knife. My happy knife. Which, oh, which is which is really fucked up that they're the memorial service, there's a tribute to Paul and the knife that killed him at the same time. Yeah. So now, the squeaky from of this gang is the owner of the house. I imagine, and I'm going to ask both of you this question. Yeah. I imagine he named this knife. What did he name it? Murray, you go first. Mac the knife. Okay, Joe, what did he name his knife? Excalibur. That's very topical. I like Which, that. by the way, tune in Wednesday for a scintillating <laughs> take on Excalibur. You will believe a man isn't a rapist. Yes. Excalibur. Supposedly. Supposedly. He's Lewis. You, yes. Uh, I'm going to go with Passion. I think he gave his knife a stripper name. <laughs> Cricket. Because he likes to strip her with it. Cricket. Yeah, you know, cricket. I, I mean, look when I when I, when I was about to have my kid, uh, the wife the wife told me that I I, I could pick, come up with any name as long as it didn't involve an ex girlfriend, a Hooters waitress, or a stripper. I liked. And cricket was your stripper. <laughs> yeah, that was, cricket was a stripper. I knew it, really. That was the name of a stripper in in Winston Salem at Phillies. Huh. Because nice. you, you always hear it. You'd always hear it. Uh, we got a sound check for cricket, which meant the telephone. You need to go answer it. Oh, was okay. it topless or bottomless? It was topless. No bottomless. In, uh, the, yeah, the thing in North Carolina is the the fully nude places, the bottomless ones, uh, can't serve booze. That's the yeah. same we have here. Okay. No. So now we do because Griff and I are planning on doing our bottomless tour of strip club. We're going right. to start in Portland, <laughs> and then we're going to move east. Wait, okay. Yeah. Cop in a Feel was totally just like a play on the whole thing that we're doing, like cop-based shows. And we're in the feelings of our guests, yeah. And now, when, two episodes in a row, we've talked about strip clubs on Well, I lived above the- one. What's that? I li- when I lived in Winston-Salem, I was going to school of the arts with Dan McBride and those guys. Um, my house was on the street that was basically a hill above Philly's, the strip club. Okay, so you just so, walked uphill to go to the strip club. No, walk downhill, yeah. But I couldn't because oh, okay. there was a car, there was a car dealership between me and there, so you know. But uh, I could hear, I could, I could tell when Phillies was letting out for the night. You know, if I'm sitting on my front porch, I could see it. <laughs> Every night is just this is how we do it. That's oh yeah. You know what? You know what? Metallica. I'm telling you right now. Oh wow. Metallica. Oh, would, as soon as it, it, and this is a this is a this is a good little life hack for the kids because I know the kids love life hacks, right? That's uh, the as point. soon as as soon as you hear a Metallica song come on, that's when you want to get the private dance in the champagne room, because because by the time that song is over, you and her will be uh, legally bonded in certain states, because she will be grinding on you for that long. I mean, it's they wear out. Uh, the saddest thing, though, man. One night we're at the club and they start sad but true, and the DJ cuts it off after three minutes. I I was gonna go and scream at him. I've never screamed Any, at a strip club DJ before. Anybody can strip to the Black Album. Come on. Yeah. Ride the oh, lightning. Come yeah, on. Yeah, ride the, ride the lightning. I'm just saying 10 minutes. You're getting 10 minutes of quality attention. You know, yeah. when, when the metallic. Now, the other hand, you want to see a sad moment. I went there one night. And it was some girl's new first night. And the DJ decided to play Primus. Jerry was a race car driver. Oh, I love it. Oh, it was so sad. It was like I, I, I've, you know, we, we were, we should have called an ambulance because it looked like she was having this horrible fit trying to keep up with the beat. Oh, okay. Oh, it was so. Like, <laughs> I 
just introduced Kayla to Primus. She did oh. not know it existed. I'm t- I, I saw them when they played Lollapalooza, when they headlined it. And it was, a, you know, 20,000 people at the, sta- at the place, packed. Everybody's been loving it all day. Primus comes on within 30 seconds. Half the audience just runs out of there. Mm. It it's was like- the, it's the equivalent of your first hit of Jack Daniels. You're either going to love it or you're going to spit it out and try to lick the floor to get the taste off your tongue. <laughs> well, just like that Primus venue, apparently, or that Primus show, apparently, it cleared out like a funeral. It did. And then and poor Paul's funeral. Because guess who shows up at Paul's funeral? Uh, Cannon. Cannon, yeah, you know it. He's there to give his... He's got his windbreaker you know. on. Looking, looking smart. Got his khakis. Got the new balance with the Velcro straps. He's looking good. I, I, I really feel bad, though, that Cannon... You know, he didn't bring, he didn't bring a, a, you know, a, any pastries. He did not. I'm kind of surprised by that. You know, you figure with Cannon, he'd know at an event like this, pastries are always welcomed. Right. It would have softened the blow when he starts asking very upfront questions. Yeah, so he's like, excuse me, I'm looking for an Ellen. Do you know an Ellen? Dude, does anyone here have a knife? I need to cut this in half. <laughs> yeah. And there's, he starts grilling her. He's like, you were seen at this bar getting bitch slapped by this yeah. Paul character. Says you took a cab, went back home. Oh, his name wasn't Cab. It was Fab. And he was Fab. Fabio? In bed. Because we fucked. Yeah. And I didn't come home. That's the perfect cover. I went home and fucked a stranger. Exactly. And I don't, and I don't know where he lives because he was a stranger. He's an attractive man. He was a comforting lover. And he loved me. And then I went home. Here I am. Perfect eyeliner. And she's like, by the way, we already know who killed Paul. It was Tom, blah, blah, blah. and he's just like, "Oh, really?" Gives her a little sass, and she slaps. She pulls a Kojak on Cannon. She just slaps the shit out of Cannon, and Cannon just takes it. Kojak would strangle the bitch. Yeah. I, I think Cannon didn't feel it because those jaws. It did like a cartoon. Yeah, that is true. Airbag. They actually used Ginty for that stunt. Was. <laughs> he started out as a stunt man. Yeah. People, oh, people don't know that. Hey, do you know? Do you, you know, I, 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 I was watching. I didn't think about Lover Boy, uh, the the movie Lover Boy. I didn't know Ginty was in that, playing the dad. Well, neither would we, because we're never ever gonna watch it. Right? <gasps> to think Ginty oh. could bear children is just disgusting. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's 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 one of those films you just like. Oh my god, he's got the mustache and tries to talk Chicago. <laughs> Ugh! Like he did in Hawaiian Heat, he tried to shock yep. Chicago too, and it was all "Hey, yo, hey, get out of here, Rocky." Hey. So, yeah, we're getting back into this. Yeah, Cannon, yes, he just it. sees himself out. He knows when he's been slapped he's in the like face. A scolded dog. Yeah, he mm-hmm. knows that. That's what upsets his belly, and he needs to go put some more food into it. So he's like, "I'll be heading to the Arby's down the road," and he sees himself out, and we hear somebody saying. Kenneth will have to be dealt with. Who's Kenneth? I don't know. <laughs> Who is Kenneth? Is Kenneth the guy that Ellen slept with, maybe? Uh, that's I the There's name There's a I lot heard. of allusions to satanic ceremonies and executions in this. We never see any of them. Did I hear this no. wrong? What, did they say Kenneth has to be dealt with? <laughs> Execution? Did I hear that right? I, I think they just muffed it and nobody cared. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
All we know is these guys, the satanic cult, maybe satanic, but maybe. definitely a sex cult. Def- bizarre mm-hmm. sex cult. Yeah. They are out, and we already know they're into sacrifice. There are, we already know they're into execution. We, we, may know say, we know they're like talking about it. We don't know yeah. they really do it. Yeah, we're imagining theater of the mind. We're imagining they're getting up to it or something. We uh, know there's a knife kill in the park, and he was daring someone to be there. Is this L.A.? Where does this take place? It's L.A. Yeah. Okay, so Anton Lavey's up of, in Briscoe. So. Yeah. They're, they're full of cults down there. Yeah. Exactly, full of cults. You know, you know, you know, we didn't talk. Est. They might be members of Est. E-E-S-T. It was this weird little organization. It was this whole idea of how you can change your mind. Like Scientology, except with less words. Oh, okay. And less money? Less was a it? lot. No, no, you had no, it cost about the same probably. Oh, okay. Wasn't S the primal scream shit where you like regress to a like your you're being born again or something like that? Or was it, it was else? it was close to the primal scream. It was a lot of primacy was supposed to be involved. Yeah. You know, get in touch with your He Man abilities. A lot of primus. Yes. A lot of problems. A lot of sick baselines. Grab yourself a yeah, can yeah. of pork soda. It'll go down real fine. There's nothing like sitting on the porch, sipping down those cans of swine. Okay. All right. All right. So the general, cut back to Tom, the general. He's like, son, I'm so proud of you. You finally killed a man. I'm going to give you a promotion. Like, Dad, I don't, I don't deserve it. I just, I think I may have killed the guy. No, son, you killed the man. Yeah, Caden knows that I didn't kill the guy. I know I didn't kill the guy. I just don't know if I can go along with the lie. Son, you're a hero. The news is coming. You're going to tell them you're a hero. That guy, pederapist. Oh, and he deserved it. Yeah. He deserved it, son. It's a, it's a touching moment. It is a touching moment. The general is paying somebody to cry right there for him and yeah. throw his tears at his face, so it looks like he's crying. And he wants that kid to take over the, the operations. Well, is it over the whole operation? Because he's so, like, I want new to... airplane. Yeah, 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 yeah. The new airplane with the fart seat. With the whole right. million dollars. You know, it spent millions, millions to develop that plane. Fart seat, and then, of course, the Quentin Tarantino toe seat, where you just see tootsies hanging over <laughs> your face. Dirty oh, feet yeah. hanging over there. Oh, oh, Tarantino, the shrimp boat captain that is Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> so that's my favorite Primus song, "Shrimp Boat Captain." That is Tarantino. <laughs> that is Tarantino. That's my favorite that's the Primus parentheses. song. That is Tarantino. <laughs> yes, that is, of course. It so is. Cannon, he stumps. So he's got to go to his buddy, the investigative journalist Dan, played by the ravishing Carl Weathers. Carl, motherfucking... I had a moment here, and I was like, oh my god, I'm racist. I think this is Carl Weathers. <laughs> and I finished typing up some notes, and I looked back over, and then he turned at me, and I was like, are those naked women on his tie? And then I looked up his face, and I said, oh, that is Carl Weathers. So he's he's been writing exclusively about this, this teen sex cult, Manson Ow. family, Rogan family, and... <laughs> He like he got. I guess they're so powerful. They just shut it down. It never even got released. I thought. Okay, here's the thing. Let's let's explore this for a second. Okay. Carl Weathers in his prime, big beautiful black man. He probably got into some of these sex cults because he was an investigative journalist writing for a podunk newspaper. But still, he was really into his work. So I think he got very involved with them. And they were the scariest of the bunch, as we're about to learn. Right. 
They're the scariest of the bunch. He, he was probably hitting some key club action, you know? Yeah, key you know, club. Toss your, keys, toss your keys into the bowl, and who do you get to take home? Yeah. Uh, I'm so sure they, talk, in... they talk about all the crazy shit they get up to. Human sacrifice, they're eating babies. Yeah, then... even cannons, like, you must have seen some sick, sick shit if yeah. they're throwing you off the trail. Because you, you have all the details, but what didn't you write about? Yeah, what happened next? And he's like, cannon, <laughs> looks both ways. Bizarre sex. You're not going to believe this. They believe in monogamy. <laughs> one man, one woman. Only one man and one woman. And it's crazy. Called Joe Rogan's Law. Mm-hmm. And, and, and like you see like Cannon Wretch. It's like so repulsive to him. He's like, well, what's going on? Because there's five women and there's four men. Yeah, there's one missing. Yeah, what's up with that? We're, we we were missing Paul's woman. What's up with her? Maybe it's like Ikea. They just throw an extra screw in to screw with you. A lot of Ikea talk recently. <laughs> yeah. All about you're Ikea. Just, you're doing a great ad for our Excalibur I, I don't know how you're doing yeah, this, Joe. Yeah. I didn't know you talked about that. I, I have no idea. Yeah. Of yeah. course yeah. we talked about Ikea. That's he, how they made the round I, table. I think we got a precog right here. Oh, he's a precog. Oh, yeah. my God. You've been yeah. hanging out with Merlin. Well, that's uh, Well, that's the name of my company. Precog? Precog 360 is a, a virtual reality thing I invented a couple years ago. We're basically, I'll have to send it to you. It's a, it's a map. Basically, it's, I, you, you have a map of like downtown Raleigh is the one we did for the, the thing. And you click on a block and you go on a ride in the back of one of those little, uh, you know, little rickshaw things. And the pedal cab guy tells you what you're what's around you you find the nearest strip club and then you're yeah <laughs> well yeah. we didn't we didn't get to unfortunately do that but so and it's called precog 360 and the idea is you can visit downtown raleigh before you come here so well, you know what it's like there i love you go, it and oh, you're like i don't want to come to this place <laughs> and then, well, that, that's probably true then that's why we weren't able to sell it to the city of raleigh probably because it's like <laughs> oh you're going to show all our warts and ugliness no <laughs> <laughs> Well, you definitely need to do one after dark version of it where you go into the strip club and you say, yeah, I'm getting knee trapped under ice. Yeah. That's a right. Yeah, that's a right. The lightning song. Seven minutes long, I think. And anyone out there, anyone out there wants I I can I can send you the link. How's that sound? If you there we go to see the future that I made like six years ago. So you can see, you can see the historical downtown Raleigh at this point. Well, make sure to send us that link. It's all pre-cogging. It's all pre-cogging. That's pre-cog. That's pre-cog all day. So Canon, I need, I'm sorry, Murray, one second. I need to ask Joe a very serious question because another person that I adore is, uh, often in the Rayleigh area. Do you know of Uh, David Reese? I don't know David Reese. Okay. That would have been weird because uh, he's got a show called Dicktown, and it's all I know based, Dicktown. It's all based in uh, Raleigh. No, no, no. It's based in Chapel Hill. Oh, right, Chapel Hill. Yeah, that's 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 the other place, you know. <laughs> but I listen to his podcast on a weekly basis, and they always talk about North Carolina stuff. So. Yeah, no, no. They, I, I watch Dicktown. I, I've never. I I I might have met David when I saw Hodgman. Okay, maybe. Hodgman a couple times when he's come to town. Because uh, David has white hair for a. F- he's Murray's age, but he has white hair and he grows it long, like David Lynch style. I, I yeah, I think I think I met him last time when Hodgman came to NC State, but that was like, weesh. 
four years. You know ago. who doesn't have hair? Cannon. Cannon. I don't have. I don't have hair either. So that's why I also associate with Cannon. <laughs> and he Stanley. He's waddling out to his uh, to his car. What did we say it was a Malark? No, no, it's a it's a uh, Lincoln Malark. Continental Lincoln Continental Mark IV two door. Oh, yeah. It's Model. got it's got the Rolls Royce grill like Superfly. Oh yeah, yeah. he's pimping. He's pimping. Underground parking lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're yeah. either gonna get shot at, or you're gonna fight John Claude Van Damme. Fight John Claude Van Damme, or the Highlander. Highlander, oh. thank you, Joe. That was where yeah, I was going. Yeah. Oh. I, my mind always goes to Fight Club. You I, know, it's my you thing. know, I I know that's you. That's you. It's okay. So there's a very non suspicious person in a ski mask sitting in a car, and they fire a gun it's at Cannon. You know. And Cannon falls out. I did like the Cannon really sold the elbow injury. He falls mm-hmm. and lands on his elbow. It's like, ah, <laughs> cut I mean, to the commercial. Well, imagine that much weight going down on your elbow. Yeah, it's no. shattered. I took the kid roller skating last weekend and accidentally decided to try it. And, uh, ow, it hurt. So <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a while since I went straight down on my elbow. So, yeah, not so, good. The cops arrive. They survey the scene. Oh, Act Three, Act Three. You gotta say Act Three. Act Three. Three. They find a bullet lodged in like a fucking pillar or something, and they're like, "Smell this, Cannon." Yeah, like you said, (laughs) big. You like food? Smell this. Like you said, Cannon is really selling his elbow. The cop next to him, Mm -hmm. the whoever, the leading officer on this case, he's like, "Ask him, did you get shot?" I think I know if I got shot. All I did was fall on my elbow, but it did hurt real bad. Kiss it, it really my boo boo. Yeah, please kiss my boo. And then they're like, "Smell, you're you're a fat pig. You like food. What does this smell <laughs> like?" And he he does a Yukon Cornelius, where he's like, "Taste it." And he's like, "Almonds." Yeah, that's cyanide, idiot. You're not supposed to eat oh. that. It's a. It was a totally. It was a little pea shooter gun, but yeah. it penetrated. They you. are going nonstop. Like, oh, the caliber was so small, it couldn't harm a fucking fly. It couldn't even get through your blubber, can it? You're disgusting. <laughs> yeah. These guys, they work together on the force. I would like to believe yeah. that it would just be like a lava lamp situation of blubber, where the bullet would be floating around in there, not <laughs> harming him. <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah. you, ever, you, ever see, you ever see Gary Busey in Bulletproof? No, no. Oh my God, that that one of the great opening movies. Uh, and and he basically, but he keeps getting shot, and he keeps pulling him out and putting the bullets in this jar yeah. from all the times he gets shot. So, so the gen- general calls up Tom. He's like, "Look, I need to see you. It's ten o'clock at night, but he's got a promotion. He's got if he wants to land this deal, right. he's got to be there whenever his dad says." He realizes he has no ability, no skills. Nothing to sell him on. Can't even write a resume. And has he's an alcoholic. Has, is it. an alcoholic and has a uh, top shelf addiction too. He's not going for that bottom bullshit. He's right. a top shelf boy. Oh yeah, no top aristocrat. Or aristocrat. The that's what I I do. The, there you go. Because see, if you're if you're if you if you enjoy drinking, it's best to have the plastic bottles. So you know nothing goes wrong. There you go. Yeah. And so, wife, how? All of these things. He's like, I've got nothing. I've got a lot, but I've got nothing. I'm flimsy. Got nothing I'm own. a paper tiger, if you will. Okay. Okay. It's called a metaphor, people. So Griff learned that in our Excalibur I, I just learned about metaphors during Excalibur. Yeah. They're like What's similes. The they are like similes. 
but different. ever heard of this thing called pussy fog, Joe? <laughs> pussy fog. <laughs> Um, uh, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to uh, urban dictionary. No, no, I've, I've never, <laughs> well, heard you, know, you won't find the urban dictionary because I coined that phrase, but you'll still <laughs> understand it when you listen to our Excalibur episode coming out on a Wednesday. And of course, going to oh, yeah. theater also coined the phrases cocksmog and <laughs> yeah, cocksmog. is the homosexual version of pussy fog. Yes. You'll, it'll all oh, become, no, no, no. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be homo. It can be hetero. It can be a woman. Well, a yeah, but it's rare. But, is it like yeah. a frenzy? Is it like a frenzy kind of thing, or is it you're, more like the fog of war? You're 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 onto it, but I don't want to give it away. Yeah, I want yeah. people okay. to listen. I like well, to think well, of it as like uh, dread vision when you have dick fog. Just doesn't say it's dick fog. What's that? It's called cock smog, pussy fog. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. All right. What, 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 what cock smog too? It's too close because we invented that. Yeah. Cock small. That, that sounds did. like a bad art. Sounds like a really pervy art class for the teacher there. <laughs> hey, it's not pervy. Yeah. It's art. If you Tune got in Wednesday, pocket. you'll find out all about it. That's called yeah. a tease, Chris. That is okay. a tease. All right, so um, Dana terrified. She's just yeah. like, "What the fuck? A meeting at 10 p.m. at night? This is not what executives do." And I would know. I fucked a few of them. <laughs> 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 I threw Murray out in that one. He was... Oh, I'm in the fog right now. You're in the fog. So rolling in the deep. So yeah. So she, he's like, "Honey, I have to go. It's my daddy. I have to go." Right? It's my daddy. <laughs> and of course, we get a cut over to the teen cult, and they're just like, "It's on." Right? They're like, they're like the cult from Cobra. They kind of are. Yeah, yeah. they are. Yeah. Except yeah. without as many axes. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. By the way, Cobra, greatest first reel of a film ever. I, I don't I know. know. I guess disagree. you're going to have to, if you, you disagree with uh, Joe, go listen to our episode. Uh-oh. That we did nine years ago. That we did nine oh, years nine ago. Years. Yeah. You guys didn't like the first reel? The rest of the film, I don't know, but the first 20 I don't even remember. <laughs> I, I was going to say, it's, you're talking about the grocery store scene, right? Yeah, the grocery store scene, that's yeah. it. It's oh, so yeah. solid, so good. It's it's very good. Some of the product placement they did in there is so not subtle. Pepsi but everywhere. Not uh, not yeah. annoying. Yeah. The rest of the anyway. film couldn't live up to the re- that genius of that first twenty minutes. I don't know. That, Are Sloan working with the hamburger prop later in the movie was and prepared. the photography montage where she's like with a robot. Yep. Oh yeah. Oh my god! Robot. I forgot about. Oh my god! Uh-oh. What is with Sloan and robots? I think we said it in those episodes, but I don't Stallone, know. Everybody, go back and listen. Stallone Even if you listened to it before, you probably forgot it. Go back and listen. Stallone is fucking his Alexa right now. Wow, the Google <laughs> thing watches cheating him. on Siri. That's, that's... Cheating on Siri while the Google watches. Oh, oh, yeah, it's a love quadrangle. It is. So Cannon meets up because the the meeting is with Cannon. He's got the deets with Tom and the general. Right. He's right there waiting in the office with one knee on a chair, huffing and puffing because he walked up the stairs. The escalator's broken. Right. And so he's like, you got to get Tom and his and his wife out of town because he did not kill this guy. And Tom's like, as a matter of fact, I think I did kill him. Because yeah. he's loving this new life of being, you know, having a promotion. Are we missing something here? Because Tom has not gone to the public and been like, I did it. We do not get to see him being showered by the press. He's just like, yeah, I love this life, actually. We he's he's waiting for the podcast. 
he he's on the serial podcast the big the big one with adnan and all that that was serial oh, yeah. right yeah that yeah. was the podcast that invented podcasting right we, we in fact we, we should do the tom podcast sometime we should do the tom cast i mean tom yeah. podcast right after the potato did you guys do the potato podcast potato cast what are you talking about i don't about? know you had, you had some weird thing a couple of weeks ago you're talking about potato podcast about potatoes and that sounds like a griff thing yeah so. i was yeah. gonna say that's yeah. probably a story about yeah. when i threw some potatoes out back yeah, i do have yeah, two yeah. more i'm getting ready to plant so we'll find okay. out if we're gonna have a potato yeah. cast if they grow okay so he's like you and then yeah tom's like I, maybe i did do it I kind of like being known as a murderer around town. I get respect finally. Yeah, you know, I do drink a lot. And when I drink, I do get heroic. And I do save people all the time. And can mm-hmm. and the general's like, guys, there it is, Cannon. I don't think we're going to need your services anymore. I don't know why it's alone. A lot of drinks to believe that story. I did a lot of drinks. He's had a great voice. Does he? I did a lot of drinks. Yeah, he did gun smoke like Joe fucking told us. Oh. The voiceover. Yeah. I need a lot of drinks. To believe that story, and he's like, as a matter of fact, you're still gonna pay me my two thousand dollars a week because this is personal now. How is it personal? What are you talking about, Cannon? I got shot at. Cyanide tasted. Gr- the bullet tasted great, but I could have died. <laughs> See, hear this? He rubs his belly. He's sloshing, and he, he's like, "There's a bullet in there." Gotta go get some Mexican cuisine. So Tom's like, look, Cannon, can I talk to you for a minute? And he jumps in the car, jumps in that Lincoln Continental, and he explains himself. And I don't remember what he explained. I think he said, yes, I don't believe I did it, but I want to I keep this cushy job my daddy gave me. Yeah. I, Joe, does that sound right? Because that's how I remember yeah. it happening. Yeah, he, was, he, was, he, he, he felt pr- for once his dad was proud of him. Right. Oh, that was it. Daddy's love. That's what it's always about. Yeah. Why did you become a stripper? Dad never loved me. Why did you take inherit billions of dollars and uh, invent the Quentin Tarantino fart seat? Dad Daddy never loved me. Gave yeah. me a billion dollars. Okay, so Dana's at their house. Yep. She's about to get killed. The gang breaks in. Yep, she's going they, through her nighttime routine. They go helter-skelter on her ass. Oh, yeah. It's all mind games. They hang a noose. They write love in red. Uh, like Sharpie on the wall. Yeah. Yeah. It's enough to freak you out, man. And she goes down and she sees that love thing. She's like, oh my God, killers on the loose. Sex cult. They yep. chase her. Well, they love, right. They sh- Bizarre sex cult. Bizarre. They chase her up to her bedroom. She hides in like the bathroom. And they can't, they, she's got, they got that, she puts the little lock, little chain, and like, they can't get through that. No, you can't get through that no. chain. So they're like, fuck it, just let the motherfucker burn. And they start lighting all the curtains on fire. It's too bad they had flammable curtains. Well, I think it was just because Tom's drinks were poured all over the place. Oh, right. that would make sense. He is a raging alcoholic. He's a sloppy yeah. drinker. God, sloppy I'm getting shades of uh, Murder, She Wrote. Because our killer in that one was a horrible drunk, too. Right, they're all. All the drunks yeah. are horrible. Anyway, horrible. so they... Uh, Cannon and Tom arrive just in time. They save her. Of course. And they're like, we know exactly who did the murder. Tom goes, gets his gone. He's like, I'm going to stand my own ground. Right. I'm going to take oh, it. Act- the best defense is a good offense. Yeah. That's what he said. A- act four. This is act four. Oh, oh yeah, act, act four. four. Thank He's you. Like, I'm taking it to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
He says this is I, the best offense is good. The best defense is a good offense. Clicks the gun, does the Russian roulette thing. Clicks the gun into place, and then act four. And then Cannon's like, "No, you're not. You need to go to the law. I got some connections. I used to be a cop." Total buzzkill after the commercial break. They get you all built up. They think that can has Cannon ever gone out and just started firing? Does he carry a gun? Yeah, he carries a gun. He shoots a gun in this episode. Yeah. He he's, he's blows up two motorcycles. You know, but he cares about being on the right side of the law because he was a cop. Right. Although although in the pilot movie, he confesses that when he was a cop, uh, his wife and son were blown up by a bomber. A bomber. Yeah. Although he doesn't carry it with him. You know, he, you know he's, he's not like Batman. It moves on. You know, Come on. Get he, over he's, it. He's, he's got a life now. He's got food. Food has given him the comfort right. that he was that actually love. He was skinny in the pilot. I imagine he was. Ste- he was Steven Seagal above the law, skinny. Right. That explains why Cannon's always wearing leather fucking blazers. Yeah. 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 I imagine there's love scenes where he's pulling blankets up to his chin. So they concoct this totally stupid plan that, and the general's not happy about it either. He's like, "You're endangering my son's life. He's a hero." I mean, if we're assuming that the general got his name because he was actually a general, we don't know. Maybe he there was, is history because he, there. He talks about it later. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. Korea. Yeah. Um. So he's listening to Cannon explain his plan. I'm gonna put your uh your son and your uh, daughter-in-law in a nice safety home, but we're gonna give them evidence so they feel like they figured out where they're going. We're gonna plan it in the paper. I got a guy named Dan. Who's yeah. Look it up. And we're gonna go ahead and get them, draw lure them out. them out there. Yeah. We're gonna draw all these idiots out there because we're not going for one of them. We're going for all of them. Right. And I'm gonna be there. And I'm going to call you guys on a walkie-talkie because they're going to assume we're on the phones. Yeah, so they're going to cut deal. the phone lines. That's the first thing a psycho cult sex cults do is cut the phone lines. Yeah. So he's like, we're going to use a ham radio. All right. Because they got a big ham radio antenna on top of the yeah. house. Right. Okay. So they plant the story. Good old Dan puts it in there that he's going to be taking a sabbatical. Uh, Tom and Dan take a sabbatical up in the hills, That's the wine country. This sex cult can read. Yeah, right. and they and they do they put they put a map in map with all the uh, ways to get to the house in the paper. Right, the quickest way, you know. Yeah, come and visit us. <laughs> so the plan is set, a foolproof plan, if you ask me. And so they're at the location, and we see that the the sex cult they're like scouting the place out. They got the binoculars, and. Fucking Tom didn't even tell Dana this was the plan. She thought they really were going to go up for like just some wine and cheese tasting. She is and, she is all bait. She is all bait at that moment. And she's pissed off about that. She's like, fuck this. While that's going on, the teen cult, they noticed that gigantic WKRP in Cincinnati radio tower on top of this house. And they're like, I think something's fishy about this. So they know that, that they have a radio. So it's like we go in there, we're gonna we're gonna we we they need to like what well, how would they do? They were gonna draw they were, they were gonna like they were gonna go jam ahead. the signal on the okay. they were gonna they were gonna get Cannon to use whatever thing to talk to the cops, just spook them quickly so they could figure out what channel he was gonna be on, and then they were gonna jam it when they meant it for, when they were gonna come back and do it for real. 
So there's a lot of planning. This isn't such a yeah. reckless sex call as we thought. Right. Know? They got except a lot to, of fun. Except they do, they do decide just to skip that part of the planning, head straight on in on the house. Yeah. We do not get to see. I mean, it is only a 50-minute show, so they don't get yeah. the time to actually show us that. They don't, there's a lot of things they have to skip out there, on. There's, there's no Mission Impossible moment here. Yeah. So the next day, they surround the house. They're this like, is, I'm sorry, Murray. This is a uh, state of mechanic type of plan. I didn't see any laptops with poor porn plan on it. <laughs> it's true. That's the only thing that's but they, missing. Yeah, because they set the news up. They were going to make Dana look like Dana died of autoerotic asphyxiation. Just like Kung Fu guy, David Carradine. Yeah. Yeah. She wrote Love on the Wall, and you know that gets her off. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, bizarre sex. Bizarre. So, yeah, they just say, fuck it. We're just going to rush the fucking house. Cannon jumps on the ham radio. Nothing's going through. He's like, I got an idea. Goes into the bathroom, looks out the window, sees a couple of the motorcycles that the gang is driving. Expert crack shot. He shoots the gas tanks of these. They blow up explosions. I Take them out. Takes them out easy rider style. Yeah. I don't think Cannon can really do his best thinking unless his life's in danger. Because at this point, tear gas is in the house spreading yeah. very fast. And right. we, we know Cannon has to huff up a lot of air because oh, he's yeah. a large man. So he's like, "Fuck, I'm gonna be dead soon." <laughs> so he might have a heart attack. Yeah. <laughs> he might have a heart attack soon. So I gotta think quick, and that quickness leads him to seeing those motorcycles and think the fucking maker they attach dynamite to these motorcycles and a yeah. few M80s and a couple of bottle rockets and a couple uh Roman candles and you know just basically they went plastique. C4, they went to Mexico. On their way here, and yeah. picked up a there lot a of illegal fireworks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they went to a bottomless donkey show. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Did you say bottomless donkey yeah. show? Yeah, you can't do that in a, in America. You got to have the bottoms on the donkey. Oh, I gotta go to the cop. Oh, is it the Casa de Hee-haw. <laughs> There you go. There, there was a movie. There was a short film that was made back in the eighties called Animal Attraction. I think one of the guys at either Southern Cal or UCLA made it. And it was so disturbing that the school disowned it as the school project. Did they disown the people? It sounds like animal cruelty happened. People have sex with animals? I don't think they actually showed the donkey doing the donkey was not mistreated, I was told, but you know, it was about it was a documentary about the girl who did the stuff with the donkey. Quick question, donkey show. Has anyone here ever seen a donkey show? I've I've never seen a donkey show. Neither have I. No. Nobody's playing Tijuana? No, I've, I saw Emmanuel around the world, but I think they edited that part, the version I saw, you know. Okay. Yeah. So we got a lot more life to live, guys. It ain't over with yet. <laughs> yeah, it's ahead. I, I don't think that's on my bucket list, friend. So, <laughs> you don't knock it till you try it. Okay. So, teen cult, they scatter when they see it, because the sheriffs, there's happens to be some sheriffs eating some donuts down the road. They yeah. see an explosion. They, I think we need to check that out. All, like... Yeah. Most most of the teen cult are like, oh shit, we've been had, and they're like, we got to run away now. Except two of them, mm-hmm. because they were hanging out in like the the barn, the stables, or whatever. No, but yeah, it's uh, it's Ellen who we saw Paul slapping around in the beginning, and Becky yeah. who was slapping around Cannon earlier. Yeah, yeah. And we learned that all this whole murder, this framing of Tom, 
was because she was jealous. Because remember, we learned their bizarre sex consists of monogamy. It's monogamy. And Which, so, what, what is the point of joining a cult for monogamy, for crying out loud? But think about it. That's the sickest thing a cult could ever do. Because you're expecting when you join a cult, you're going to be fucking nonstop. Well, it's like, like, oh, it's no, like, no, no, no. You ever, you ever see that show, the, the show, what is it, Seeking Sister Wives, about the guy who wants to have, you know, a large plural family with a whole bunch of extra wives, right? Except except the wives don't get freaky with each other. I gamble on sports. Yeah. And I watch Tigers baseball. And I watch these movies. This there is new to me. That's, You're telling yeah. me there's a show where a guy couples up with a bunch of women? Yeah, well, uh, guys, they, they cover a bunch of different little families where they try to recruit new women to join them. What what religion does that? Is it religion? It, well, they 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 kind of have a religious bias, but who knows where they're getting it from? Nobody nobody outright says we're Mormon, but it's more like this is something we think must happen okay. because it's in the Bible of having a multitude of wives here, a multitude of children, and you know, yeah. and one of the guys, one of the guys this season, he, he's like some sort of state senator or something up in Ohio, but for some reason his two wives live in Florida, so he commutes. On a taxpayer dollar, I bet. I would. I don't know, but hey, you never know. Your tax dollars at work, ladies and gentlemen. You know. They're banging their two wives who live in Florida. Well, they're probably, they're probably a tax shelter down there. But, you know, but as I said, no freakiness between the ladies. They each have their own room. And I'm like, <laughs> what the hell's the point of that? <laughs> it's like... <laughs> I want an orgy. I want that. I want that. I want that Playboy living in the grotto feeling. Ugh, the stuff floating in the water. Okay, we <laughs> won't talk about that part. Once, once I saw Fred Durst use it, I was like, that, that, that. Well, off only the, the list that only one. the most quality people hang out at the Playboy Mansion. Your Scott no. Bayos, your Pauly Shores, your Bill I, Mars. I'm learning no, no, no. that Joe Joe is a Chuck Mangione fan, and I never expected any of our guests to be I a had, Chuck Mangione fan. I oh, I love Chuck. Chuck's great, but yeah, no. I, all I know is I had two opportunities to go to the Playboy Mansion, and I blew them off after watching the girls next door because I was like. I, I, yeah. I, you know, I don't want to go see where the little dogs poop. You know, it, yeah, it look, it's like it's better to leave it to your imagination. It looks sad, like, it, it's, it's especially it's, at that era. Yeah, you know, James Conn's not there anymore. Bill no, Cosby's he's, not raping well, anybody. You know, yeah. just, you there's, know, there's, there's not piles of uh, roofies and uh, you know quaaludes laying around the place. Hefner's like a in dementia time at this time. Yeah, you don't want to. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all an illusion. It's like Merlin created this illusion called the Playboy <laughs> Mansion. On the other hand, I did visit the, quote, location of HBO's Cat House. And uh, that was much better. Okay. So. Was there any donkeys there? There were there were horses in the back. Me and uh, I, I was hanging out with uh, Adult Video News Award winner Sonny Lane as we were hanging out with the horses. Horse, but nothing Sunny went Lane. on. Legend um, Sunny Lane. Happy, happy Sunny Lane. <laughs> Does she know Sunny Days? No. She's related no. to Penny Lane. Oh, Penny. of course. Charles Lane. I believe Charles Lane is her father. Stan Lane is her father, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you could do Bobert so and Sunny Lane are his children, his love Did, children. You know, you know uh, who was also at the who I was hanging with at the Bunny Ranch that that evening. 
Please Dan tell me, sweet Haggerty. Stan Lane. Dan Haggerty. Haggerty. Grizzly, Grizzly Adams. Adams. I yeah. am there with Grizzly Adams, and we're talking about him going to Europe with uh, William Holden. I was like, what the hell? It's all amazing how back then you could sustain. Like He was on a show that lasted like three fucking years. We all know who fucking Dan Haggerty. Well, you don't, but we all know Dan Haggerty. Like the, you could just sustain fame for so long back in those days. Now it's like, well, like you know, you're gone in a second. Well, everybody does uh, reality shows now. They they crank out so many reality show competitors now. It's like, and you're who? You know, it's like it's like the other day I saw that. I think there are like 29 versions of the real world MTV made, and I was like, huh? Who are yeah. these people? Bring back Match Game. You need celebrity game shows. Uh, they did. They- they- they did, but the problem with the, the the new match game was only on once a week, and so you know the idea was when you watch it on TV, you know the old ones, you know they shot five episodes in a row, yeah. and they got drunk progressively as yeah. each episode happened during the day. So by that Friday episode, they were sloshed out of their gourd. When you're There's... getting sloshed out of your gourd because it's Friday. Heck yeah! But now the five day work week's gone. I'm trying to match Richard Dawson. Oh, he probably Richard. was in a sex cult. We can bring that back on that. Richard Dawson, I swear, if you if you watch the uh, you know uh, the movie uh, was it Autofocus, Autofocus. Uh, you know about Bob Crane and uh, Carpy William Defoe's character had been working with uh, Richard Dawson before he hooked up with Bob Crane, and so you wonder what sort of sick stuff Richard Dawson was up to. Donkeys, <laughs> probably. So now we everything the mechanic knew about. <laughs> <laughs> On the dark web, yes, Jeeves. On the dark web, god damn it! I fucking hate it. That isn't that perfect. I hate the fact that that fucking episode has almost the double the Bronson episode. I have to imagine slap to my face when we revealed that 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 movie's logic was. Ask Jeeves is the dark web. Everyone was like, "Hey guys, that was the first time we got word of mouth traction." Everyone was like. These guys point out that this mechanic 2011 or whenever it came out says Ask Jeeves is the dark web. And that that was the most viral I'll ever get. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> Barry, Barry Diller's genius that was Ask Jeeves. Oh, boy. So, Becky she with is good Paul. hair is jealous yeah. yep. of Ellen. Ellen. Paul was her man. Right. So she set up this whole elaborate scheme to frame Tom. Right. So was yeah. Ellen not... This very, was no. she just waiting around bars to find some poor schlub that Paul was going to attack? Did Paul do this every night? Did he pick a fight with somebody and then try to kill him? Was them? that Paul's job? Because they often talk about sacrificing somebody. Yeah, Paul probably. was like the ringleader. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So maybe Paul went out to pick fights and lead people places. Oh, okay. Then they were all in a van hanging out. Nearby, yeah, like that song hanging out down the street. Same old thing mm-hmm. we did last week. Not a thing to do yeah. but talk to you. Big star. Yeah, yeah. Fan life. We're all right, right? We're all all right. We used to no, have that. That's life. cheap trick part. That's the cheap trick part. Oh yeah, okay. They merged because cheap trick ended up doing it for the sco- the the soundtrack, and they just had to throw their song in there so they can make sure they can get some publishing action off that seventy show. That makes sense. Oh, that makes yeah. sense. Oh, that was from that '70s show. I thought I just made that, that '70s up. show. No, 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 no. It's, <laughs> it, well, the, it's a big star song with Alex Chilton, you know. Uh, but yeah. Oh, that's big star. Big star, yes. Alex Chilton's band, yeah, the power yeah. pop geniuses. I hear a lot about big star. I've never really listened to them. Anyway, uh, we got three records, all brilliant. Get them. I'll I'll listen to them. We got to fucking. Everyone like is the Kate Bush of the '70s. 
everyone is listening to this and they want to hear this epic conclusion, Joe. Oh, we got to get yeah. to it. Would you okay. like to finish this for us? Joe, land this plane for us. Uh, Top Gun actually, style. My, no, no, no. All I know is Tom, uh, Tom announces after they figure all out who killed who and that, the, you know, Ellen did it because she, or, you know, Vicky did it because she swore Ellen was taking her man away, you know, and probably denying her the joy of, uh, you know, Paul's leisure suit. So then Cannon solves it. Tom announces he's uh, quitting the business and uh, he's, uh, he's, he's stopped being a war hero's son. You know, he's, he's going to move on in his life and uh, probably focus more on his wife and drinking again. And uh, Cannon says that Tom has some real guts and dad, dad promises that he's not going to help him work with his new job. You know, he's going to keep on and Cannon goes right on. And, uh, you know, that was, uh, and then, you know, we kind of get a link from mod squad vibe off Cannon and then all the big dots show up and we are at the end of the show. Sadly enough, sadly enough, sadly enough. Hey, by the way, can I point out that, uh, the lead in for Cannon was that night was Tony Orlando and Dawn. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the evening, the show that played after it was a document, you know, for Thanksgiving theme, it was a documentary by Dan Rather called Assassins about the killing of JFK and RFK. Cause that really, that made the pie school better. Um, opposite him was NBC. They ran the moon spinners with Haley bear, uh, Haley Mills, sorry, star of, uh, parent trap and uh, family way with Murray head, the man who sang one night in Bangkok. And, uh, and the only other thing I can say is the show that used to lead in was a show called, uh, Kate, Kate McShane, which starred, of course, Ann Mira from, uh, Jerry Stoller's wife, Ann Mira. Oh. And, uh, or, yeah. And, uh, I, and if you read my book, cause I, I can I plug the book quickly? Of the eighties, eighties uh, teen flick festival, the original one there, there's a second one you guys, I sent you, um, there's a story about me showing up at the premiere of uh, one of Ben Stiller's movies and running into Anne and, and Jerry and gabbing away about weird stuff with them. And Anne Mira was the sweetest woman. I'm just going to say it. She was, it was like meeting an aunt that you always heard about and mm. who was immediately like your family for and those few minutes we talked. All about going to the strip club and telling them to put on the longest Metallica song possible. She damn well did. You know, she said, she said to me, she said one thing. She said, Joe, don't ever pay good money for Herman Herbert's private dance. <laughs> All I'm, I know is I could use some Murray head right now. Murray but <laughs> what did we learn from this episode, Griff? We learned none of us have been to a donkey show. Yes. Bucket list. We learned that you always pick the longest Metallica song at the strip club. Uh, I will say I just learned that Dan Rathers are part of the conspiracy that JFK is dead when he, in fact, is alive and is the president right now. At Would the he be right 100 by now? Of 108. Okay. He is the president, of course. His son is vice president. Mm-hmm. JFK Jr., that is. Yeah. Okay. Make, sure, did... make sure you have a full bar next to your tennis court. Oh my God! Uh, of course, yeah. No, right. I just wouldn't. Pl- I'm actually still feeling it. I haven't played tennis. A tennis in three ball years. machine is a great tennis. sex toy for a lady. Yes. Don't don't ever join a monogamous sex cult. Don't ever. No good will come out of it. That if is... you're not in, if you're not, if you don't wake up in bed with five strangers and no idea who fits where, you're <laughs> you're not there. That would be a very bizarre thing to do. I joined a sex cult, and everyone would guess maybe like, oh my God, you're into like weird sex. Oh, no, I'm in a monogamous sex. We no, all have our own private rooms. We sleep with right. the same we person. Yeah, you can't even watch. Yeah. No, no. 
Like, we, don't, we don't even have the lights on when we're doing <laughs> we it. We don't have the lights uh, on. We don't record it. There's no audio. There's no nothing. We don't even make noise. No. We don't. No. Yeah. One position. They don't, they don't even write penthouse form letters afterwards. No, not at they all. They write them, and then they ball them up and throw them away. Exactly. Yeah. That's they it. burn them in the fireplace. They actually night. say, you actually probably would believe this happened. <laughs> 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 and they tell the most vanilla sex story of all time. There oh, she my was. Lord. In a dress, I had an erection because the other day I put I saw my pee pee in her vajayjay, <laughs> and it Just, felt really good. Yeah. Now I'm gonna go take a shower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta take a cold shower after that fucking play yeah. penthouse story. That's it. Yeah. We also <laughs> learned that uh <laughs> map to my house included. <laughs> We learned that yeah, we learned that uh, Joe had a uh, some kind of scam running called Precog. Yep, yep. Check that out. And we learned that Joe, uh, I think I like, he's like the brother I never had. Now I know everything about him thanks to this canon episode. That's right. We're learning. We copping a feel is allowing us to cop a feel of each one of these people's. Right. Brains. It's like these people were total strangers to us total before, strangers. and now it's like they're family. We're getting whole histories. West well, I'm, I'm just happy I'm able to share my pre-Thanksgiving traditions with you. That might have to. We might have to do that before Thanksgiving this year. We might have to have you on and do another canon episode if you got we, one we can, for us. We, we can do that. Yeah, I'll find. Because I feel like Cannon gets himself in a lot of situations that he has no idea how to get himself out of. Cocks up a terrible plan, and it somehow works out for him. Because like he's the star. Exactly, because he's the star. He's got that, what do they call that, hero armor or whatever? Yeah. Well, I, I think hair. they call it blubber. blubber. Oh, blubber, yeah. I thought yeah. it was plot it's armor. It's blubber. blubber. Yeah, blubber. blubber. Oh, that's blubber. what that movie's about. That's what the Disney flubber was. It was well, let's Conrad's. not talk about Robert Williams. Too soon. Uh, too soon. Too soon. Mechanic situation right there. I know. I know all about it. Robert Williams got mechanic. Yeah. Don't they found him. Hanging, watching weird porn with flubber around him. You know what? Oh, wow, blindfold, blindfold, Russian roulette. Maybe they were doing that. It happens more than you think. That's what killed yeah. Lincoln. Yeah, yeah. covered up and say we're really nose diving here. Yeah, which yeah. means time to wrap it up. Wrap it's it time up. To close up I'll another tippy it. tap. Oh, well, yeah, that's another. We're hitting the infringements <laughs> too hard this week, and I, we already get hard enough. Uh, YouTube reminds me every time I put up an episode. Hey, you know there's like three seconds of you guys sounding like you're singing a song? <laughs> Copyright infringement. Really? Yeah, mm. no, the the bots out there. We're, well, Murray, me and Murray are pitch perfect. Like, right, yeah. if you've ever heard us sing, right. angels. Like, Dang. oh, my God. Well, we all we a, get is hate from YouTube anyway. I don't know why we have a channel on YouTube. Yeah, it's, it's so the idiots find it's us. It's just fucking furniture yeah. going, where's my free movie? Where is my free mm-hmm. movie? <laughs> all um, right. Joe, would you like to impart us on any more wisdom on canon? Anything? Last words before I, I close this out on this tip tap because, of course, that's customary. I close. I, I just, I just think canon's one of those shows that deserves more love because you know he was just a wonderful man, and I don't know what you know. Honestly, the the masters on this show bite compared to a lot of other Quinn Martin productions. So I don't know if they just threw away the original thirty fives or what. But canon needs to be preserved for the yeah. sake of the country. I think it is, it is kind of a bummer out of all, like, I'm glad over the air is getting some weird shit now. Like, you know, I can go in and watch Star Trek for nine hours every night and they'll do like each generation. It's really cool to watch that old Star Trek. 
Gunsmoke, Bonanza, Columbo, mm-hmm. all these shows, Canon has never popped up. Canon, just, well, Canon comes on at like five in the morning or four in the morning oh. on MeTV. Oh, it does. Okay. Yes. I'm not yes. up at that hour. Set your VCR. Group. I'm. I, I. I fall asleep at 11 p.m. I wake up at 7:30 p.m. p.m. a.m. Wow, yeah. you get you get eight and a half hours of sleep. Wow, I'm a good sleeper. Really? Even oh. even when I was unemployed for that so many year. Wet dreams. Yeah, that's what it's all about. So you relaxed. don't have wet dreams without a good sleep schedule, Murray. So you got to work on that. And you know what else we got to work on? Ending an episode. Ending an episode. Ending. Everybody yeah. have a great tippy tap. And you know what? I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs>